Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuckers Bryant. You know, one day I'm just not going to show up. I'll do both of our bits. I'll be like, hey, I'm Josh. Hey, I'm Chuck. Hey, I'm Josh. Hey, I'm Chuck. It's my 12 year old girl. Hi, Josh. I think that's pretty accurate. Good luck with that show. <laughs> I would say. Good luck. Although I'd finally get to be shirtless the whole time. Yeah, true. Are you ready for a little bit of irony this, this afternoon? Yeah, let's hear it. Um, back in 1949. Okay. Short, little, 36 years before Ghostbusters. Apple cheeked, uh, no, 35. Okay. A uh, short, little, happy, apple-cheeked Chinese man named Mao Zedong, also known as Chairman Mao, uh-huh. established the People's Republic of China. Huzzah! Yes. And uh, one of the things that they were um, big on was reproduction, I guess is the only way to put it. Okay. Um, the uh, the communist government under Chairman Mao, um, they opposed birth control. They banned the import of contraceptives. And in in forty nine, he said... Of all the things in the world, people are the most precious. You ready for the ironic twist? Yes. 30 years later, China catapulted itself to the forefront of state-controlled reproduction, mm-hmm. which what came to be known as its one-child policy. Right. Discuss. You know what? The, uh, I got a little stat for you speaking of 1949. You yeah. know what the, the life expectancy in China was then? Like seven? 35 years old. Holy cow. And it's 73 years old now. Yeah. With the, uh, with the communist government came things like sanitation, mm-hmm. uh, relative peace. Sure. Uh, war had, had beleaguered China for generations. Right. Uh, had been killing people left and right. And as a result, the population just skyrocketed. Indeed. And the old image of China that we have is probably like four or five kids, a couple of parents, a couple of grandparents, mm-hmm. aunt, auntie and uncle, like packed together living in a, in a house. Right. Not true anymore. No, not anymore because of the one child policy. So let's talk about this. Uh, this is something people might have heard of before. But first of all, why did it come about? It came about from the population skyrocketing, right? Well, I've got some more info, actually. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for this? I am. You want to know how it really came about? You didn't look at any of this? Uh, I, Song Jian? No. Okay. All right. We're all going to learn here then. Let's hear it, Mr. Smarty. Uh, apparently, there was a systems control specialist uh, in China in 1978. He decides to visit Europe. And back then, um, he was kind of isolated from the outside world, like many of the people in China, the intellectuals China's in China. China's pretty, pretty known for isolation. Yeah. So he goes to Europe, and he picks up a little book called The Limits to Growth. You ever uh, heard of this? Uh-uh. The Limits to Growth was a really controversial book. Um, it was a study put out by a think tank called the Club of Rome. And basically, they said, in a nutshell, the world will end by 2070 because of population overrun. Huh. And uh, they brought it out to big fanfare, uh, along with the Blueprint for Survival, which was published in 72 in England, who basically said that... The, People in Britain were, were reproducing too quick, and they mm-hmm. couldn't maintain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes back to China with these books, and he said it you know, really made sense to me. And so he was connected. He formed a little group uh, and decided to take it to the government and said, hey, we're going to you – know, he started applying these studies and these statistics to China and said, we're in big trouble. Yeah. 
And so he took all this stuff, and uh, basically it was from there that it leapfrogged, uh, that it catapulted, rather, into a reality. However, the ironic thing is, is that whole uh, limits to growth apparently was a bunch of bunk. And it was based on bad statistics, and uh, the co-founder, I'm sorry, the founder of the Book of Rome, who actually helped write the book, came out a couple of years later, and they had a retraction that said they wanted to jolt people from the comfortable idea that present growth trends could continue indefinitely. So they basically said we were trying to scare people, and, and, and we cooked up a bunch of studies. Which led to China's one-child policy? Yep. That's nuts. Pretty cool. Thank that's you, not, Song Jian. That's not the only thing, though. I think um, China has uh, never apologized for its policy, and one of the reasons why they instituted it was because the population was growing rapidly. Yes. Um, which is fine, right? The the reason that uh, Chairman Mao is like, reproduce, reproduce, mm-hmm. was because his vision for China was uh, this huge, booming economy right. based on tons and tons of labor, right? Right. kind of makes sense in a way. It does make sense. The problem is right now China has a quarter of the world's population, yeah. but only 7% of the world's arable land. That's that's a, That is a rub right there. Yeah. Um, so... One of the, one of the reasons, in addition to this uh, fake book uh, that they instituted the one child policy, was to slow this population growth. Right, and it worked tremendously. Right, it did. You know, in nineteen, well, it it worked to the tune of about four hundred million kids not born. Is that right? Uh, it depends on who you talk to. Four hundred million is the high end that I've seen. Okay. The lowest I've seen is two hundred and fifty million. Okay. Even still, that's substantial since sure. in the last thirty years. You know what they said in nineteen eighty was. Uh, the the what's it officially called the National Population and Family Planning Commission of China? Mm-hmm. They That's said, the state agency that right. runs the reproduction control. They said in 1980 that we must have a cap in the by the year 2000 of 1.2 billion people, and uh, it's projected that they that hit happen, 1.27. They weren't too far off, but that's Chinese figures, and no but one knows. But it continued to grow. Now there's 1.33. Actually, in more than that, because that was 2008. Yeah, apparently every year China adds the population of Belgium to its own population, 10 million people. They literally bring over everyone from Belgium? Yep, they're like, come on. And then Belgium has to start from scratch again. (laughs) They get to 10 million every January. Come on, Belgium. I'm going to go to Belgium next January. So you can get a free trip trip to China? Well, no, so I can uh, stake my claim there in Belgium. Okay. Just move into some house. They'll move you to China eventually, Chuck. Oh, that's true. Um so, okay, we have this huge population explosion. It's still going, mm-hmm. just because if you have 1.3 billion people, even allowing them to have one kid sure. is going to add and add and add up. Yeah, right? what's the projection? Uh, I believe by 2050, they're expected to peak at 1.6 billion. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, but actually, that's nothing compared to what it would have been had they not instituted this policy, which at first was voluntary. Mm-hmm. Um, and they saw a greater decline in um, fer- fertility um, when this policy was voluntary, right? right. Uh, in 1970, they had a fertility rate of, I think, six. Yeah. And by that, ni- that means six births per woman. Per woman. Just so people understand what that means. On, uh, that's the mean. Yeah. Um, and then by 1979, it was down to three. Uh-huh. So they half their fertility rate. You know what it is now? What? Uh, in the urban areas, 1.7. Oh, I'm sorry. In the urban areas, 1.3. In 
in the rural areas 2.0 for about a 1.7 average. Right. But even still, if you look at the numbers, that's less of a decline than there was when it was voluntary. Yes. What China started out with was a campaign called uh, what, Chuck? Late, long, few. Late, long, and few. So you marry late in life. Mm -hmm. You uh, wait a long time in between births. And you have few children. Right. Uh, and couples who uh, who volunteer for this get a little certificate. Yeah, what's that called? The uh, Certificate of Honor for Single Child Parents. Yeah. Must be nice. I guess. I, I imagine Is that it's enough probably to keep you from having a kid? Frame. It depends. Right. I don't know. Sure. Um, we should also say that the one-child policy that was instituted in 1979, I don't know if we actually came out and said that yet. Yeah, that was when it officially uh, became... A mandate. So the one-child policy, um, at least at first and generally in practice, has been has restricted almost exclusively the Han ethnic majority. Uh-huh. Those are the people who are really subject to one-child policies. Yeah, and the the people who are under the most restrictions are urban couples mm-hmm. from the Han majority. Yes. Ethnic minorities are allowed to have uh, more kids. They've generally been excluded from the one-child policy. Well, you have to get permission. I think if you're in the rural area, you have to get legal permission to have a second child if you're first born as a girl. <laughs> and if you're an ethnic minority, you can have three kids. Well, you bring up a really good point. Um, that's one of the huge byproducts huge. of this uh, this one-child policy uh-huh. is that there, the China... The culture of China, not just the government, the culture has been accused of preferring boys over girls. Accused um, to the tune of uh, encouraging abortions for females, stuff like that. Who okay. knows if that's true, but that's no, that's been floated out there. It's true. It is. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, at the very least, there's been tons and tons of reports and allegations okay. that uh, there's actually, if state pressure, if not state-mandated abortions. Okay. Um, or at the very least, local mandated, local pressured abortions. Um, but one of the one of the ways China still um, has an, a low abortion rate. Twenty five percent of the female population report having an abortion, where uh, in the U S. forty three percent. That was higher than I thought. That's apparently really low. Is it? Yeah. Um, at, at the very least, low uh, compared to anecdotal evidence. Okay. Uh, there's probably a lot of girls out there who aren't willing to say that they had an abortion and have. True. Um, but still, let's say that those numbers are completely accurate. Right. China has 25% abortion rate. The U.S. has 43%. One of the reasons that they've been able to maintain a low abortion rate comparatively um, is through open and universal uh, access to contraception. Yes. IUDs and sterilization is what they prefer over there. 90% of contraception yeah. is long-term. Mm-hmm. Right? Not, they don't do the condom or the birth control pill that much. Not much. Or vasectomies, of course, in China. No. They put it all on the woman. Because, again, the, the, they have been accused of preferring boys. It's a very patriarchal society. Right. You can't do I'm that, saying. though, in the long run. Because I got another stat. In the end, they think, uh, in the future, I would say, Fifteen percent of the men in China won't have access to a wife. No, like there aren't enough women. There won't be enough women. Right, which in and of itself is a problem, but it also gives rise to other problems. Um, apparently, there's been a huge rise in prostitution, uh-huh. which has led to a huge rise in the prevalence of HIV. Sure, um, there's been uh, all sorts of um, social maladies, I guess, among men who can't find a wife. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine like. There just not being a woman out there that you can find 
to marry and settle down with. Like, it's just not an option for you. 15%. It's going to produce all manner of psychological and social problems. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's there's all sorts of weird things that are kind of popping up from this one-child policy. Oh, yeah. Another one that I hesitate to use the word weird, more like horrific, is female infanticide. We said that China's been accused of preferring boys over girls. Right. Um, there are, I should say, there are surveys out there, there are facts and figures that China puts out that contradict any criticism. Sure. Um, but the, there's two sides to this coin. But in the West, there's lots and lots of accusations of female infanticide. Apparently, it was um, traditional uh-huh. until the Cultural Revolution, uh, and it started to kind of pick back up again. Um, there's no statistics or figures on how many girls might be killed at birth. Uh-huh. Um, but number one, apparently uh, uh, abortion after ultrasound sex screening, uh-huh. sexing, was so prevalent that in 1994, China banned uh, sex screening, neonatal really? or prenatal sex screening. Wow. So you couldn't tell whether you, you were having a boy or a girl. Now, there's a, a private sector that's picked up um, that's that doing slack that, that uh-huh. will give you an ultrasound to let you know what you're having. Sure. And apparently the, uh, a, the female infanticide if you view abortion as infanticide, has increased. Well, but even right. infanticide under like the, the medical or sociological definition of killing a child when it's born or leaving it to die uh-huh. um, is still around. Right. Um, and the, the, those are reflected in the boy-to-girl ratio. Right. Right? Which, are, which is pretty significant. It doesn't sound like a, a lot, but what, what are they? Ch- uh, in 2005, an estimated 118 boys were born for every 100 girls. And that peaked at 130 boys for every 100 uh, girls. And uh, just to compare that to the rest of the world, um, or industrialized countries, I should say, um, roughly 104 to 107 boys for every 100 girls. Yeah. So definitely a big diff. Um, One of the reasons why boys would be preferred is um, they can earn more than a woman. Yeah. Let's say a woman marries a man, she gets married off, she gets absorbed into the man's family. Uh-huh. Um, what happens to the parents? Here's part of the problem. What happened? 70% of um, China's aging population doesn't have a pension. They don't have 401ks over there. They don't save. The, the government's starting to encourage it. This is what I see as the biggest problem, maybe. This is a huge, huge problem. Who's going to take care of people when they're getting older? So here's here's what's resulted, a phenomenon called uh, 4 2, one uh-huh. right? You have a couple, that's the two, Yep. and they're, they're responsible for the care of one child right. and four parents, four grandparents. Yes. So that's like the new family structure uh-huh. um, as far as um, financial support goes. Right. And as you keep having just one child, one child, that 4-2-1 structure keeps going on. And then it's 1-6. Well, you know what I mean. Right. That one child will have to uh, be responsible for the care of uh, ultimately six, right? If everyone is still alive. His no. two parents and the four grandparents. Well, then you just start killing the grandparents. Okay. That's just too much of a burden. Gotcha. No one expects that. Right. Um, no, because that, that, well, yeah, I guess if it's a boy and he has no one to marry. Sure. And he's unlucky enough. No, uh-uh, that wouldn't work out. If it, were a, if it were just a boy and he never married, he'd just be responsible for his own parents. But what about the grandparents? Again, 
I think that was one of the points they made, though, was as your parents old and the grandparents are hanging in there, all of a sudden your parents are in their 70s, your grandparents are in their 90s, and you're the sole child. Right. If so you are lucky enough to marry and there are no grand, if your grandparents are dead, right. True. you still are saddled with two sets of grandparents right. and a child. Right. And that's what you're responsible for providing for, right? Yeah. That's a big problem. Part of that is um, has been alleviated by a revision in the policy where um, urban couples who are only children themselves right. can have more than one child. True. So that leaves two siblings. But you have to apply to, to take do care that of still, though, right? Yeah. It's still very much under um, the thumb. Unless you're an ethnic minority. Right. I don't think you have to apply for a child if you're an ethnic minority. Okay. Another revision that they had, Chuck, was um, they stripped. Uh, local birth quotas. Oh, they is this the birth permits? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they uh, they stripped the requirement to obtain these birth permits in a lot of the provinces recently, right? Yeah. Which basically you, they did it by um, taking away the the requirement to get a birth permit for a first birth. Right. So what happened before was uh, any locality had a quota of how many births could occur, say, mm-hmm. in a year or a month or something like that. And if that quota was filled already, right. then some couple applying for a permit to have a birth would be denied right. until the next cycle. This is nuts. It is nuts. I'm all for family planning, but this is uh, this is turbo family planning. What's nuts is that, aside from these social problems, it actually has led China to become a burgeoning economy. Right. I mean, it's actually worked in, in an economic sense, but in a socioeconomic sense, it's it's, yeah. it's exacting these huge tolls. I do have a couple of stats to back that up. Um, before they instituted this policy, the uh, population in poverty was 250 million. That's been reduced to 40 million. Wow. And uh, education um, of uh, the average 15-year-old went from 4.5 years to 8.5 years. Yeah. So these are the stats that China's going to point to clearly. To say that, hey, it's working. Right. And you can't, I think it's so easy to vilify China for this. Um, the uh, like Christian pro-life groups are hugely against this one-child policy um, because it does suborn um, abortion. Right. Very clearly. Um, so there's a lot of people opposed to it. But if you're an economist and maybe an economist with um, no heart. Uh, <laughs> a, a damage to your prefrontal cortex, right. then, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and yeah. it worked. Uh, they've also started the Girl Care Program. Have you heard of that one? Uh-huh. And that's basically, uh, in a nutshell, kind of trying to encourage the fact that girls have value and worth and are not second-class citizens. Uh, you like that billboard, don't you? Yeah, the billboard. They have a billboard in China that's uh, in the uh, Hebei province that says, there's no difference between having a girl or a boy Girls can also continue the family line. Yes, genetically speaking. So they're trying to do what they can there. Um, I guess probably the biggest rub of China's one-child policy is that um, reproduction is a basic human right. Mm -hmm. 
The government's not supposed to tell you how many kids or no or do anything to interfere with your reproduction. Right. Right. Um, and it's also contrary to the will of the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a 2003 Chinese study, uh, there were some people who said they preferred one child. That's about 35% of the population surveyed. Uh-huh. But 57% said they preferred two. Right. So it directly flies in the face of them. Exactly. What's interesting, though, is that uh, there was a huge decrease uh, in preference of three children or more. Oh, really? Like 5.5% of the population surveyed said that they would want three kids. Right. So it seems to have peaked around two. And one of the reasons why China announced recently that it would be another decade Mm -hmm. before it uh, repealed its one-child policy is because they're afraid of another baby boom. Right. And what they're trying to do is create a small family culture in the country. Gotcha. But surveys like these suggest that they've been successful in doing that. Right. I think it's up for review next year, isn't it? No, two uh, two thousand. Is it? It's up for review next year, but I don't know if that means anything's going to change. I think they said this summer in July that it was going to be another decade before they repealed it. And there were a lot of people after. Remember the earthquake right. in Sichuan province? Yeah, killed uh, what, like ten thousand kids? Yeah. And, and a I lot mean, of people's you, only child. That's your only child. Sure. So long, kid. And what happens if you were fifty and when your child died? Right. Because you know you wait a long time to get married, yep. and you your SOL. Thank you, government. Yep. Uh, you know I know plenty of Americans though who think that it's the responsible thing to do to only have one child. I've heard people say that as a human, it's like uh, irresponsible to have two and three kids these days. Well, yeah, um, uh, the toll we exact on the environment, or yeah. adding to the um, strain on the carrying capacity of sure. agriculture. Supposedly, the agricultural techniques we have now can support a, a, a global population of 10 billion. So we have a little ways to go, but yeah. who knows what will happen before then, how, how much technology will advance. Right. Um, we may turn to Soylent Green. Who knows? Right. Um, do you know there's two women out there walking the planet right now, at least two, who were sterilized before they ever had kids because they wanted to save the environment? Uh, no. Who are they? They're both English, as far as I know. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, I, I remember reading about that. Yeah. I think you pointed that out to me. Has nothing to do with China's one-child policy, but yeah. Right. So, Chuck, uh, doesn't look like they're repealing it. They Not did make soon. some... They did... For those people who were still in reproductive age following the earthquake who lost kids, they were um, making exceptions, right? Did they? But ultimately, it's it looks like steady the course with the child's, uh, the one-child policy. Right. So, if okay, if you want to read uh, anything more on China's one-child policy, we've got an article on the site appropriately entitled, What is China's One-Child Policy? I'm pretty sure if you just type in one child, it will come up in the handy search bar sure. at HowStuffWorks.com. Uh, and let's do listener mail. Josh, it's listener mail time, and I'm just going to call this uh, from Austin, uh, our, our young fan who had a dream about us. And I've tried not to read dream emails because that encourages people to send in their dreams. And we've gotten a lot of, hey, I had this weird dream. But this one was about us. So, of course, I'm going to read it. Uh, My name is Austin. I'm 14, and I'm your fan, and I live in Atlanta. And it makes the show so much better because you're located in Atlanta. True. you know, he feels at home with us. Uh, He's been listening for a while. He loves us, and he's just starting high school this year. Right. And his podcast has been a lifesaver in AP Biology. Anyways, I finally had a, my first dream about you. Well, this is <laughs> first. His first dream. Yeah, he he more. anticipates more. Uh, this is a good one, though. Uh, he awakes from bed, and he notices that he's fallen asleep while listening to the podcast. 
sounds like reality so far. Yeah. Uh, he walks outside, and there's a small red plane with a huge banner that reads, All Hail Chuck and Josh. I'm a little yeah, conf- That was no dream, Austin. <laughs> right. Yeah, we sent that plane over your house, buddy. Uh, I'm a little confused about it, and even more so when I arrive at school and see that there is a bronze statue in your honor because you guys saved the economy. So, With our audiobook? Yeah, how about that? Um, however, it takes a gloomy turn from here. After a day of many questions and much confusion, I finally put together the clues. After saving the economy, you both take charge and become dual dictators of America. That sounds about right. You require everyone to be educated by your podcast and only your podcast as made by the Stuff Amendment. We and, actually amended the Constitution. <laughs> and we institute a half-child policy? Sure, a half-child policy. Uh, and we all must obey your command. Immediately, China declares war on us because you try to expand your band co- uh, podcast to their country. We had a guy that wrote in, by the way, that said it was not banned. No, the blog's banned, not the podcast. Oh, okay. Good to know. Uh, the rest of the dream is a bit foggy, and I wish I could remember more. However, it seems to be a theme that the dreams that people write in end up being true. In the unlikely chance that this does happen, please remember me as a fan. That's from Austin in Atlanta. And Austin, we will definitely remember you. We will. We will remember you and we take power and crush you. Uh, if you have a super cool dream about me and Chuck, or if you want to comment on China's one-child policy, or um, you have more than ten children, more than ten, send us an email about it to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?